What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. Having a pretty good day so far. I appreciate those of you who are sending me your personal Tales from Tech Support stories. You can always send those to me at who'syourunclellc at gmail.com. And uh, just let me know in your email how you would like to be addressed. You know, if you want to stay anonymized somehow, if you got like, you know, some name you want to be called by. And uh, by the way, if you send me multiple stories, you got to remind me in every email because you know, the mind's a little mush, you know. I can remember a lot of stuff. Well, no, I can't. But anyway, I can remember some stuff, but that ain't probably one of those things. So uh, anyway, without further ado, let's go ahead and read some tech support stories and uh, keep sending your personal ones in. I like them. The information black hole that is SCADA. Hello, everyone who's also driven insane by the madness of the chaotic spawn that is technology. I bring you another tale from when I worked remote for the land of Moose and Grizzly that was one of my previous positions. This tale is one of woe and existential horror stemming from an inability to comprehend the eldritch monster that is a SCADA system. Wow, that was a tongue twister. For anyone not familiar with the SCADA system, basically it just sends information in real time to controllers to allow the monitoring and controlling of industrial processes. That is a gross oversimplification, but it gets the point across. Now, for this company, their SCADA systems were in a completely separate domain, and basically only three people had anything remotely resembling admin access. Two of them were supervisors for the system, one was the SME, everyone else that had access was on an as-needed basis. One day we get a call about a system being down. Now, this particular call came in at an odd time where I was literally the only person in the office for Tier 1 support. Which, let me tell you, holding down the trenches of Tier 1 as a sole operator for a day sucks. But that's not the point. The system was down and a ticket is needed for it. So I start collecting the info and hear the dreaded words, this is for a SCADA system. Now normally it's not a problem to have an issue in a system we don't access because there are KBs or points of contact and whatnot that we can get stuff where it needs to go. Not for SCADA though. The SCADA system in this company was the equivalent of an information black hole. We had reached out to the SME and the admins repeatedly for any kind of information over the course of like four plus years and they just never gave us anything. My suspicions regarding how much they actually knew were sadly confirmed on this day. Per the extraordinarily limited info we had on this system, I point the guy to the SME point of contact we have documented, which includes one of the two admins and the actual SME. Write up a ticket basically saying, IT does not have access to this system. Directed to the point of contact listed per KB, blah, blah, blah. And then I close it out. Fast forward a bit and we get another call about the system. This time, though, I recognize the name of the caller. That's right, it's the SME himself. The SME call went something like this. Hello, we need a ticket created for this SCADA system that's down. Me. Okay, let me look up that info. Me internally saying, we have no info. Well, it looks like the only information on that system is to reach out to the SME point of contact. <laughs> I am the point of contact. We don't have any information on that system. Well, unfortunately, it appears that IT does not have any access to that system. All our documentation points to you as the point of contact for all issues about it. At this point, the SME is starting to panic. Uh, uh, okay, hmm, I gotta figure this out. Click, the line drops dead. Remote disconnect. He hung up on me. A few days later, we get a new KB article slide through our notifications about the dreaded SCADA system. Looks like our SME needed an SME because now we finally got the update we needed. With a whopping one extra point of contact and a big red bolded and underlined note from corporate IT saying, Corporate IT does not support the SCADA systems. 
I could only imagine the horror and panic that flowed through the background communication channels of managers that day, but it looks like IT cut and run before they were driven mad from the readings of the Skatonomicon. What? Omnissiah, protect them. Don't know what any of that means. I mean, I sort of get what the controllers and stuff are, and I get keeping certain people out of it, you know, keeping your points of contact few so that, you know, less hands getting in there and messing with settings and stuff. You, you don't need that. I get it. You know, you'll make everything train wreck. But you got to make sure there's at least somebody who knows, usually at least a main somebody and then a backup somebody, I'm imagining. I mean, I can't imagine how they let this go for four plus years. But anyway, when I was in charge of a uh, small construction crew, you know, there was supervisors, main supervisors, like, you know, you had the, the manager, then you had a supervisor for the shop and things like that, tools that were going out. And then you had all the job site supervisors, which I was one of. So I had a small crew. I had access to a truck, a trailer, certain other things. And I had keys to those things. I was in charge of those keys. But God help us if I was the only one to have a set of keys to said truck, said trailer or whatever tool bins. Because, you know, people do get sick once in a while, right? So... If they didn't have a spare set of keys in the office to have somebody fill in for the day or, you know, whatever, I don't know. It's just suppose I did a dick move and took off and, you know, didn't turn the keys in for a week or whatever, waiting for my paycheck. What were they going to do? Just stop running that crew? You got to have a backup. So I would imagine with this SCADA system that, you know, there should be one primary person that knows and then backups. I don't know. Am I thinking about it wrong? Eh, maybe I am. I don't know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When dealing with Microsoft products, try the dumbest solution first. It usually works. So today I get a call that our invoices aren't working. The pages are cutting off the customer ID number and it's the end of the world as we know it. But apparently the problem wasn't serious enough to notify me about it until today, even though people have been trying to figure out what happened since yesterday morning. For context, I'm the IT director for a small company, and we've been perpetually trying to migrate the ERP for the last 12 years. In the meantime, I have to use my certification in duct tape and bailing wire maintenance to hold things together. Those things include an invoicing system written in Microsoft Access 97. Wow. You read that correctly. I've upgraded said system over the years to keep it functional, but the core system is almost 30 years old, so it has its own peculiar brand of weirdness that goes along with it. Today's call came after a string of emails back and forth between accounting and customer relations discussing why this invoicing template wasn't working anymore and what IT did to screw it up. Someone in accounting noticed the issue and rather than go, hey, Scorp, what's going on here? They decided to consult with customer relations IT support. Now to our CR manager's credit, she's a smart lady who knows tech decently well. She even knows how to write basic SQL scripts and HTML. So she's not completely clueless when it comes to tech like some other people I work with. But I digress. Anyway, CR Lady says the problem seems to be that the template has been modified. So now they're asking me, why did you break the template? Me. I haven't touched the template. I've been busy keeping servers running and figuring out who took my whole flipping network down. What's wrong with it? Accounting Lady. We can't see the last digit of the customer ID field anymore. This started changing on August 1st for two clients, but everyone else is fine. 
first thought that immediately crosses my mind is, well, did someone break something in the server's printer settings? Or is this only happening for this one person? Because nobody else thought to print an invoice to check this. So I did, and it printed fine. Apparently, this kind of critical thinking is what got me the job. My next thought was to check to see if it was happening to every invoice they were printing, which I was betting on being the case even though accounting lady was adamant that it was just two clients who were affected. I had accounting lady send me a list of invoices for the first day when they noticed the issues so I could check them. Sure enough, every invoice printed past a certain time was affected, so now I knew that this was isolated to one user. I knew approximately when it started and it was affecting every invoice they were printing. I even found other invoices that had cut off customer ID numbers that nobody else had noticed. Maybe I'm actually good at my job after all. At this point, I'm thinking this was probably caused by the default printer being changed. Sometimes when printing PDFs, you'll have formatting issues where the previously set default printer's paper size is a little different than whatever the default printer has been set to now. And thus, the page formatting is slightly off, even though you're not actually using the default printer's driver to print the file. Seen it happen before, easy enough to fix, just change the default printer to the PDF driver, or change it back to whatever the default printer was before it got screwed up. So I did. No joy. Uh-oh. Then I remembered what software I was dealing with. Eons ago in a galaxy far, far away, I believe it was called College, I had trained in the ancient ways of the Access database, and I remembered something about Access. Something important. Oh, it sucks. I go into the database and open up the report and print preview. Looks off. Maybe the margins got reset somehow? Hmm. Well, luckily for me, this database is just a front end over an SQL database, so I can just blow it away and replace it with the heavily guarded backup I keep on hand for just such occasions. Still not working. This is getting even weirder. Hmm. Let me go into the report itself and check design view. Maybe there's something wrong with the margins. I go into design view, check the margins. Everything's fine there. Exit out of design view back to report view. Report looks perfectly fine now. And that's when I remembered that due to a glitch that Microsoft themselves have never explained, and that I've only encountered twice previously in my entire career, there's a non-zero random chance that Access will just decide to reformat a report for no particular reason whatsoever. And going into Design View and back out again will force it to reformat the report correctly. I hadn't encountered this random ass bug in nearly 20 years, but here it is again. The moral of my little story, if you're dealing with a Microsoft product, try the dumbest effing solution you can think of because that's generally what will fix the problem. P.S. I love that accounting lady, and her note thanking me for my help gave the CR lady credit for pointing us in the right direction. It took me exactly three seconds without even seeing the report to know what the problem was. You could have asked me about this yesterday when you figured out it was broken, and we would have had it solved in 20 minutes. Well, I gotta say, I've never had the pleasure of dealing with Microsoft Access probably a good thing because I'm not smart enough to deal with most average Microsoft things. But anyway, it's sort of like I had this old Ford pickup once and it was like a 53 Ford pickup, had an inline six, started out life with a shifter on the column, three speed on the column to a three speed on the floor. Speaking of duct tape and bailing wire, <laughs> that's pretty much what held this thing together besides a few odds and ends pieces of sheet metal riveted around the body and a pair of these glorious, I don't know if you remember old dump trucks where the fenders on top of the fender was this turn signal and it was a two-sided turn signal. The driver could see it, you know, and I guess so that when somebody was in the other lane, they could see the signal, but it was also showed from the front. And this thing was painted primer green and it had these big orange turn signals on the front fenders. And I called it the frog because it looked like a frog, you know, I mean, this thing was just, I bought it for like $300, you know, it ran, it got me where I needed to go. It wouldn't pass inspection. So I had to do some sketchy shit for a little while, but you know, this thing had its quirks to say the least. 
and it still had the old manual choke and sometimes for no apparent reason the choke would set itself but the the slider knob hadn't moved and i don't know why to this day i checked the cable i checked the spring everything everything seemed fine and but for some reason whatever it would close itself and then open itself it would kill the truck for about five minutes and then all of a sudden it would just be right again i don't know why to this day i still don't know why but hey just one of those things i knew that at least once a day it was going to happen especially in the hotter weather go figure i'm a mechanical engineer i support a lot of things devices installed and instrument panels among them I had a customer complain that taking the protective cover off damaged the mounting bolt holes. He ripped them out, even though the cover was only held on with small friction knobs. I denied his warranty claim as it wasn't a manufacturing defect. He replied, I'm a mechanical engineer, and demanded to know what the official method was to remove the cover. Bro, there isn't one, just like there isn't one to open a Coke. But I offered to have him return the unit so our managers could inspect it. He messaged a day later, when did you change mounting bolts from countersunk to panhead? We never, ever were countersunk, going back over two decades and five generations of products. Yes, Mr. Mechanical Engineer, your countersunk machine screws broke your expensive toy. Sorry, not sorry. Edit to add, supplied screws are pan. I'm not sure how that slipped into tech support, unless it's some sort of tech equipment. I don't know. Anyway, um, first of all, you got to be a little bit smarter than the piece of plastic you're dealing with. Second of all, well, OP, I got to tell you, I'll bet if you look... I don't know about on cans. I don't think so. None of the soda cans I have. But on most bottles, I've noticed that on the cap or somewhere is a couple little arrows that say twist. The arrows and then the word twist. At least it used to be that way. Um, but anyway, most people with half a brain would know how to open a bottle cap. But something that's a panhead screw, which basically means the head of the screw is flat on the surface when you're done, not flush mount, countersunk. How can you tear that stuff up? Like, it can't be that hard. I've taken the dashboard completely out of my wife's truck and never had a problem putting it back together as long as I followed the right order. And, you know, it's, even that's not that hard. I mean, you know, part A has to go in before part B will attach to part A, you know, that kind of stuff. So uh, people are crazy. And just because you're a mechanical engineer doesn't mean you're smarter than everybody else and can figure it out. Evidently. Words matter from listener KJ Ream or Kadream. Thank you for your contribution. So my boss hired his new, 25 years younger, narcissist girlfriend to be his bookkeeper and assistant. Firstly, since she's working as a receptionist at an accounting firm, she knows that invoicing and processing payments aren't part of bookkeeping. They're billing, which has nothing to do with bookkeeping. She's also been a receptionist for a law office, so she knows the law better than most lawyers. You know the type. Anyway, she was asking me for a file of images the boss wanted, so I gave the directions to find it on the desktop top row, just to the right of center. Simple enough, right? Wrong. She comes back at me like I'm a moron and says, I found no such folder on the desktop. So I replied with, close Chrome and any other open windows, on the desktop, top row, just to the right of center. She replies with, that's not the desktop, that's the home screen. Well guys, now we know from the expert of all experts that millions of people use the wrong terminology. Fun times. It sounds like she's comparing a computer to a phone or tablet. On a phone or a tablet, I would call that the home screen. Although sometimes on an Android, I'll still call it a desktop. I don't know. It's an old Windows habit, I guess. But still, how can you not know? How can you have worked for people 
I, I guess that's it. She, she thinks because she's touched on certain subjects, she's the expert in them. And I do know people like that. Complete narcissists. They're out there among us, folks. The printer beeps when it wants to print? From David. Thanks, David. I was working as a field service technician for a local copier sales service company in the late 2000s. I, who was also the printer technician, got a call for the printer beeping every time it started a print job. This was confusing. While I was on my way to the customer, a large company. The printer in question did not have a speaker or a beeper, HP LJ2. After going through security, I was led to a room that had what would be called a precision measuring machine. You know, the one with a robust arm with a ball on the tip. They ran a demonstration for me to see the issue. Sure, it beeps when the printer starts to print. After a quick look at how things were powered, I asked them to power the whole thing down. I then proceeded to route the power to everything that needs to be plugged into the UPS and leaving the printer on its own outlet to power the printer. After they tested everything, I then explained what was happening. The UPS was screaming that it was being overloaded by the startup current of the printer as the fuser was warming up to temperature. I also noted that you should not plug a printer into a UPS unless you have one that was rated for the printer in question. Easy money. So was the UPS beeping. Okay. We had a couple of these the other day where people were overloading the UPS with vacuum cleaners and everything else. I've never needed a UPS that big. I don't even have one here, which I I feel like sometimes I should, except I'm not running a server or anything. So if it shuts down for a while, eh, it is what it is. I have an inverter so I can go sit in my car and run it if I need to. But uh, at the same time, yeah, most stuff's just not that important for me. But uh, as long as I don't lose things. But it's funny to me that people couldn't figure out. We have a visitor. Anyway, it's funny to me that people couldn't figure out that it wasn't the printer that was beeping. It was the UPS. Like, did anybody actually wait and listen for the sound when something started up and, like, try to track it down over a couple days or something? Nope. Just assumed it was the printer beeping. And you know what assumptions do. What are you doing, Nickel? There's a LaCroix can sitting here. And I guess the, uh... The carbonation's still popping a little inside the can, and it's caught his interest. Oh, guess it was a fly. <laughs> Don't knock my stuff over. Do not. Are you going to help, or are you just going to, like, chase stuff? Hmm. All right, guys, thanks for sharing a little bit of your day with me today. And uh, if you enjoyed these, you know what to do, and we'll see you next time.